opening for Halloween last week Mike I don't even remember what you were saying Mike but you spoke before the on the archive version before the uh, introductory music began and this one was just you laughing maniacally really um, well Beth made began, me laugh so. <laughs> well but it wasn't your normal chipper Mike laugh it was it was like a <laughs> well anyway um, it is just shut your mouth. It is eight o'clock on <laughs> Wednesday. The Rangers play tomorrow, so we are are back to moving the schedule around. And um, we have a sponsor for today's show, and I think it's actually very Whoa. fitting because when you watch the New York Rangers, you just want to sleep, but you can't go to sleep because your mattress sucks. You know what's a really good way to fix that, Casper? It is designed by humans for humans. Do you understand that? It's not a robotic mattress. It is a human mattress. They are designed for you, engineered to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. How wonderful would Do that they be? they make robot mattresses? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. They're only for humans. They have three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential Casper. And it's not just a mattress company. They offer a wide array of products to ensure an overall better sleep experience, which we all need because, goddamn, the New York Rangers are – doing things that are going to give us stress and a good way to relieve stress is to go to sleep. They have 20,000 reviews, an average of 4.8 stars across Casper on Amazon, Google, and we could use reviews too, actually. So if you go to uh, iTunes and you want to give us a nice little review, we'll take the five stars and, um, you know, leave a nice little comment, say something nice. The best part about Casper is you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial. All right. You can literally test the mattress for 100 nights. There's no hassle returns if you're not completely satisfied. The uh, deliver it right to your door in a small how-do-they-do-that-size box. Wouldn't you want a how-do-they-do-that-size box? And there's free shipping and returns in the United States and Canada. So start, start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash blueshirtbanter and using the promo code blueshirtbanter at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. So do Casper, casper.com slash blueshirtpanther. Go to sleep. You don't have to worry about the Rangers. You can wake up in the morning. And then you can read my notes on the Rangers, and then you can get stressed out again until you go back uh, to sleep that night. Um, and, yes, please go to us on iTunes. Uh, give us a nice little five-star review the same way that Casper gets their nice reviews. That would be a wonderful thing for you to do because it helps people find us. Um this is a very awkward, we were talking about this right before the show began. This is a, a very awkward um, position to be in because uh, I'm, I have sort of a potentially scorching hot take on last night's lipstick on a pig win. Um, but I'm just a little curious about it's the first month of the season. The New York Rangers are four, seven and two. I mean, 
Mike, give me like a couple of bullet points about what you've seen so far and what you feel good about, what you're concerned about, things that make you want to sleep. I don't know. Uh, well, the first thing, I think we need to get like Excedrin as a sponsor. That's what I like. That's the next logical step for us, I would imagine. But um, I think a bullet point that I think it's, has been overlooked a little bit, especially after the whole we're going to start Pavlik because he has the hot hand. And then, oh, I guess Pavlik isn't quite as good as Lundqvist is. Despite all this chaos and all this disappointment, Lundqvist has been not the problem. And oftentimes he's been like the close to a solution when the Rangers really don't deserve it. Like uh, the comeback win with Vegas, Hank stopped like three surefire goals in that game that should have been in the back of the net, but he just decided to do, you know, legendary, mythical, sexy Swedish breakdancing to stop pucks that he had no business stopping. Like and that made the, the Rangers. Sometimes. Yeah. It, it's like, like it's human the comeback was, it wasn't you, possible. You, otherwise you could only, you could only learn it in the future. And he came back to show us. Yeah. It was, good stuff but that's been it's been a shame because you know how much longer are we going to get to see this level of Hank and see him kind of show little flashes of that of yeah this guy is the best goaltender of his generation it's crazy it's crazy that he's here it's crazy that he has doesn't have a cup but it's also it's just kind of crazy that you know this is we get spoiled with this but we're not going to enjoy it that much longer. Um, I, in terms of other bullet points, I think something that keeps jumping out to me is Pavel Buchnevich is very, very good. Uh, <laughs> I like Vino started to like give him a little bit more ice time, like a parent who's like saying, all right, if you do all your homework, you can stay up to nine fifteen now. And the kid's like, wow, 9.15, that's crazy. And what does he do? He just keeps delivering. He keeps generating offense. He's picking up points. And I'm glad that he's actually getting points because I don't think even Vino or skeptics can say like, oh, anyone could have scored that goal or, you know, whatever. Because it's, it's much harder to point to someone like Nash or something where it's like, but look, the underlying numbers suggest that he's still doing good things. And if it's not there in the box score, it's a lot harder, I think, for a lot of people to accept that as, as the true faith. So I think those are my two bullet points, other than, of course, the biggest bullet point, which is I have, I don't know how you guys feel about this, Beth and Joe, but I have no freaking idea who the coach of this team will be in a week's time or two weeks time and either whether or not Vino goes neither answer would surprise me with this organization it's just I I have no idea what's happening my turn if you want it's it your, your turn, turn. I yeah. have nothing else to say <laughs> no, you sounded done. I, I just couldn't tell if something else was about to happen. Um, all right, so I'm going <laughs> to pick up on the Buchnevich thing, which is to say, bullet how the hell was he on the fourth line? Like, what possible process of thought 
behind the bench or wherever it was, thought that that was where he belonged. So even though I'm I'm going to stick my neck out and say I'm a little ambivalent about this win, I, I really actually can't be because I'm so happy that Buchnevich was like, this is a thing I do and I'm going to do it if you put me on the fourth line or I'm going to do it if you put me on the first line. Um, it's just great to see him healthy. He's clearly whatever else is going on around him. He's flourishing right now. And, you know, I, I just, I hope it, I hope it's for a reason. I I hope he helps the team get somewhere um, because he's just, he's putting on a show. He's so much fun to watch. He's adjusting um, wherever he goes totally found his game it seems to me even though everyone else is is occasionally losing their minds out there as far as I can tell he's been remarkably not only excellent but consistent and consistency is uh sometimes a little hard to find on the Rangers I don't know if anyone else has noticed that um and then bullet point for me I don't even know about the defense anymore I don't know what's happening I don't know what's wrong with Brian McDonough. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know who I want to do anything anymore. Shattenkirk looks great sometimes. Other times he looks like he either can't be bothered or he's having a hissy fit, which, you know, who could really blame him? Um, Camper, I, what? I, I just, I can't even deal with that right now. Mark Stahl is fairly solid. I think he had one major giveaway last night, right? I think. Early on, um, that became, didn't someone have a horrible give giveaway? It, at it, the, I think it was stall. I think it was stall. Um, but you know, I, so I many just, of them. we think a lot about how if Vigneault goes, you know, we've been the ones calling this for a while. We were also the ones that thought the defense were going to be. I think we have to own that that we thought somebody was the problem, and the defense is not fixed. And whatever's wrong with it, it's not exactly completely Mark Stahl. So, yeah, I don't even, I'm saying that I don't even quite know what to say about that. Um, Shea had a great game last night, I thought. Um, Mike is putting pictures of himself up on our group messaging. And (laughs) he's going to make his drink come out my nose. So I'm going to say, okay, I have no idea what's going on in, in defense and Buchnevich is a joy and we need joy. Joe? Mike says never share these, but these are going to be shared at some point. He just doesn't know when. Um, you can't put them like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't really understand um, where the Rangers are right now, and I don't think the Rangers understand where the Rangers are right now. I'll tell you that part of the reason why the defense has been so bad is because Ryan McDonough has been bad, um, and Brendan Smith has been bad, and at times Kevin Shattenkirk has been bad. Mark Stahl has been like a consistent normal goodness, and that's not normal. Um, Shea hasn't been great. He's been good in spurts. He hasn't been great. Holden Kampfer have been Holden and Kampfer. D'Angelo, when he was here, I thought it was okay. Um, this is going to sound like sort of a cop-out to that, but you don't suddenly forget how to play hockey, Right? You don't just, like, Ryan McDonough doesn't wake up before the season begins and go, um, I sort of forgot how to do my job now. Like, him and, and Smith are missing easy zone reads. Um, they're not tracking movement from the uh, opposing forwards. 
There's just a lot of easy, simple, you expect from a rookie mistakes that we've never seen from them before. So, yeah, that's definitely an issue. But also, uh, is this a long-term thing? Is this a system thing? Are the Rangers just not gelling right now? Um, I, I think you've heard my argument about that in the past in terms of McDonough, even though he's had a, a ton of defensive partners this year, none of them are worse than what he, he got with Girardi over the past few years. So I don't even buy that as an excuse. Um, but I think the more important aspect of where the Rangers are right now and what I really want to touch on is they're in no man's land. They're not in, uh, they're not rebuilding. They're not retooling. They're not playoff contenders. They're not Stanley cup contenders. They are in the worst place you can be in a league that rewards mediocrity with the, the higher picks in the draft which is to say they're like the 15th or maybe 20th team in the NHL. And that's not okay. You either need to suck and know you suck and offload guys like Nash, Grabner, even McDonough. We're going to have to start talking about that at some point, but I don't think we're emotionally stable enough to talk about it right now <laughs> on this podcast. Um, don't you dare. And, and get assets and, and just move forward. Or you need to make adjustments to be good right now. The report going around as of today from Darren Dreger, and I do need to, I, I have to say that for as much as he seems to be one of the golden boys of the insiders, since his cousin was no longer a, uh, an assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, he sort of has lost his edge a bit. He's claiming there's nothing in, wow, in terms of of a Vigneault firing. Brooks reported that if the Rangers lost to Vegas on Tuesday, mm, that might be the end for Vigneault. Now, I, I very aptly named my recap Lipstick on a Pig because I think the ring, it was, Adam said this, it was literally, oh, Mike, do you want to say something about the defense that I screwed up? No, it, no, it's fine. I, I Finish your point. It's just a Beth said of, of something about the defense that I, I thought I wanted to revisit, but please finish what you're saying. Um, you said I guess the only thing I'll say before I let Mike interrupt me because you ruined everything is the absolute wor- Adam said the absolute worst thing that could have possibly happened was the Rangers to play a terrible hockey game and win anyway, because there's no real outcome that comes from that. Nothing changed, but the Rangers won. And I think Gordon would have had to show his hand if the Rangers lost that game because it, it finally, listen, as powerful as we are and maybe as egotistical as that sounds in the blogging world and the, the following that we have and the, the ability to, to kind of bring these things into the open, the reality of the situation is it's not going to hold actual merit with the team until it comes from somebody who's credentialed. So when we talk about how, hey, you know, Vigneault, can't keep doing this. The Rangers may need to look in a different direction. It, 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 it reaches the people that it, it should reach, but there's not as much force behind it as when Brooks writes a column that says, Hey, Vigneault may be fired if he doesn't win against Vegas. And once that was put out into the open and listen, there's going to be a ripple effect from that. That's going to move forward for the rest of the year, because that's out there. Now that information is out there. That thought process is out there. And you cannot just turn around and pretend that that didn't happen unless Gordon comes out and absolutely disavows the entire column and says that there's absolutely no way Vigneault is going to be fired. He's the guy, blah, blah, blah. 
And even if he does that, there'll still be hesitation behind it. But unless he does that, this is going to hang over the Rangers' head for the rest of the season. What if they lose tomorrow? What happens then? What if they go on a two-game winning streak and then a two-game losing streak? How long did Vigneault extend this day of execution with the win over Vegas, which really should have been a loss? They played a fourth-string goalie. I, I don't know the answer to that question. And I was curious what your thoughts were on that. But, Mike, I'll let you jump back to the defense, and then if you want to tackle that, you certainly can. Yeah, sure. I, I think because Beth raised the point, like, we felt like so much of the problems with the defense were solved in the offseason. Girardi bought out, Shattenkirk brought in, Smith extended. And also, hey, D'Angelo brought in. Why not? But I think we may have given, and this might sound like kind of beating a dead horse, but we may have given Vino too much credit and, and operated under the assumption that not even he can kind of goof this up. Like this is, this is a little too like all he, all we really have to worry about is, you know, he doesn't put Mark Stahl in a position to fail against competition that he can't handle, but we didn't foresee McDonough kind of unraveling and we, we didn't foresee the Rangers so quickly, and by the Rangers, I really mean Vigneault, so quickly giving up on the idea of McDonough and Shattenkirk together. It's a very bizarre thing that's happened where McDonough and Shattenkirk to date in five-on-five hockey have shared 35 minutes of ice time. Stahl and Shattenkirk have shared 86 minutes of ice time. It's that's a very weird thing to wrap your head around, and it's also probably a big part of the reason why I don't know Shattenkirk doesn't look quite as great at even strength as we might be hoping. And if you just look at very very basic data between like what does Shattenkirk look like with Stahl and without him, it's night and day. It's it's a differential of five percent in terms of you know possession. And I, you don't need to, you know, have a degree to figure out which which percentile is is on the green. When he's without Mark Stahl, he's much, much, much more effective. And you would imagine that, hey, we might want to go back to the whole McDonough-Shattenkirk thing because that was that narrative we heard and that we also contributed to in – the off season, and that's what we started with in the season. Then things started to go a little squirrely for the Rangers, and just give up on it. Just like Buchnevich, yeah, we're going to start him in the top six. Eh, I don't know. Things aren't going the way I want to go. We'll give up on it. And now we're slowly starting to get it back. But with all the problems the team has, it is really bizarre that we see Stephen Camper in the lineup. That we continue to see, you know. Shattenkirk staple to stall and there are worst case scenarios but I just I would imagine you spend all this money in Kevin Shattenkirk you know it's it's this big PR thing there's so much attached to him there's so much riding on this wouldn't you want to just put him front and center because that's the whole the whole point of of paying the man is he's the power play guy sure you know no no defense in the past three years is more power play points than Shattenkirk but he's also a very, very, you know, 
trusted and you know there's tons of evidence of that that he can contribute and be effective at even strength and we haven't gotten to see enough of that frankly because he's playing with Mark Stahl and you know I know last week Joe you talked about you know Stahl's been better than we thought but he's you know Stahl having a good or even a great game right now is just it's not remarkable hockey still like he's not capable of really kind of changing the outcome of the game anymore. That's just not in his, in his makeup, but uh, to, to kind of change gears and to, to the other question you posed, it's, I don't know. I, this team is the way the team has been managed and the way things have been handled is really, really troubling. I mean, the victory against Vegas, it didn't feel like a victory, and I think that's because, you know, the, the the last two times the Rangers have won hockey games, it was against Arizona, who was playing, was, was it the third or fourth goalie in their depth chart? I think it was just the third. And then Vegas was the fourth goalie in the depth chart. Those are the last two wins. That's not And that's we not feel good, good about it. Yeah, and that's the thing that's so troubling to me, is there there are people, and hopefully not too many of them in the front office who, like you said, if this is somewhat of a stay of execution or something to that effect, you know, this is not, you know, reason to, to delay things. This is reason to say like, yeah, we barely beat the golden Knights who brought up, you know, a WHL goaltender. We barely beat them. That's, that's terrifying. That's, that's, that's hardly a victory. It's, you know, a, a, what is it a, now? It's a 4-7-2 and two record? It's, that's not... If that doesn't ring alarm bells for a team that's supposed to be a cup contender, I don't know what does. You barely scrape by Arizona, the worst team in the league. And, yeah, the Rangers look dominant at times, but they had to look dominant against a team like that. They lose to Montreal 5-4, to four, and Vegas at one point is up four to two over the Rangers before they explode for four goals in the third period. You know, and the Sharks handed the Rangers their ass four to one. I mean, what more, what more do we need to see here? And that's a a really good point that you're making too, is that the, the level of wins that the Rangers have to this point, the litmus tests that the Rangers have had have not been good for them. I mean, there's no, you can't look at what the the body of work that the Rangers have put together the first, I don't know, what is it, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, the first 13 games of the season and say, hey, this is like you're, you're confident at, at what they've done. Um, Mike just said in our little private chat, the Nash- Nashville victory was weird. It absolutely was. The Rangers did not deserve to win that game. I think you can make yeah, an argument. Yeah, it feel they like it, right? They deserve to beat Colorado on the opening game of the season. Um who, the, the Blues? Did they lose to the Blues that they deserve to win? But like, there, there's so there's so much uncertainty with wh- where the Rangers are and, and where we expected them to be and where they should be, and they cannot live in this no man's land. You 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 can't. It, it's not healthy. Um, Elliot Friedman in his 31 thoughts put in a note about actually it was sort of based around the Rangers uh, in the beginning that the Rangers want picks and they want prospects. Really happy with Heedle, really happy with Anderson. They want assets to, to reload this farm system. 
And the only way you're going to get that is by unloading assets. And that's going to be a guy like Nash. It's going to be a guy like Radner. It's going to be a guy like Holden. It's going to be a guy like Desjardins. Um, Desjardins. You need to, you, you need to make a decision now. I don't think there's a trade out there that makes the Rangers all that much better. And, and part of the reason why another aspect that I want to shift this podcast to is Jeff Gordon, because now you're at the, the helm of this team and, and you have decisions to make. You made the right call with Girardi. You brought in Shattenkirk. You did almost everything you were supposed to do. The, the Derek Stepan uh, situation is going to live on because we just, <coughs> excuse me, we don't know what happened behind closed doors. Was there a trade that he had that he thought he was going to be able to work with? Was there a replacement in mind that something fell through? I don't know. But not replacing Stepan has been sort of something where you're looking at this and you're saying, well, okay, the Rangers had other decisions that they could have made, and, and that's maybe one move that, uh, you know, I don't think is going to be the, the best thing in the world. And right now, Gordon needs to make a decision, A, on Vigneault, because th- we're in a weird place. I don't, it's just not a good place to be in as a hockey team. Are you going to fire Vigneault? Are you going to make a trade? I mean, that's another thing that we, sh- we should discuss. The Rangers bring out all the friggin' all the ponies to go, except for Gordon, ironically enough, to go to Montreal to watch the Habs take on the Senators. Um, Galchenyuk is, is a guy whose name has been thrown around. Pacioretty is a guy whose name has been thrown around a little bit less. Larry Brooks brought up the Rangers are interested in Andrew Shaw, which is uh, like, let me vomit live on the air. Um <laughs> I, I, I just yeah, let's not do Beth, that one. Beth, that make one. sense of some of this for me. I, Say I, words, I can't. I can't. I, do it. Shaw seems do like it. the kind of guy <laughs> Yo would want, right? I mean, I can totally see him thinking oh, that was a good idea. 100 million percent. The only good news that's come from Brooks is that the Rangers are not going to trade Crowder or Miller. The only good news. That's it. But go ahead. Beth. Yeah, I, I no, it's I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I think I started laughing when I saw the Shaw thing, because, you know, you always you should never say that things can't get worse. Um, and I am glad <laughs> that we're keeping Kreider. I mean, as as far as we know, for right now, um, he looked good last night, of course, because he's on the line he should be on. Um, but I can't I can't make sense of it. I don't. You know, the office and trade and cap stuff isn't my forte to begin with, but even if it was, I'm not sure this would help me with what this organization is thinking right now. Um, I mean, I all I keep thinking about, since I have no idea what management is going to do, is, you know, what it must be like in the room right now, knowing something is probably going to happen. Somebody's probably going to be gone, or the coach is going to be gone, or, you know, they just decide that they're just going to focus so much on the future that this year is basically a wash. And then, you know, how do you send Lundqvist out there every night? I mean, I just can't quite imagine, you know, especially yesterday when considering, you know, I said this morning, cause I didn't watch the post game stuff last night. It, I had not thought at all. And I feel bad about this, about how many of the Rangers live in Tribeca or have lived in Tribeca and were probably affected by at least emotionally, by what happened yesterday. Um, 
you know, so maybe it's forgivable that they didn't have the best first period of their entire lives or half a game of their entire lives. But I mean, really with this team, who knows that could be any night. Um, yeah. And I, I actually meant to bring that up and I apologize that I haven't obviously, um, our thoughts are with anybody who was impacted by that. And I think it was a little, I was, I was surprised because you don't really, I don't think about the, the players as like, I don't know. I don't want to say people, but like you, you, you don't, I think it's very easy sometimes to forget that these people have families and wives and children and, you know, you don't, you don't really see them in that light ever, ever. You see them just playing hockey and to hear Lundqvist talk about not knowing if his family was safe and, you know, you kind of forget sometimes that these guys deal with things like normal people do. And that was a little eye opening. And I know a lot of Rangers um, do live down there. So that could have absolutely been a part of why they started that way. The flip side, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into like, oh, the attack, you know, whatever. But the Rangers have kind of played like that a lot this year. It wasn't like that yeah. was something new. Um, yeah. But again, we don't, I don't want to take away from the fact that that very well could have played a role in what I'm sure was a very emotional night at Madison Square Garden. It it could have been, um, you know. I agree. Go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I mean, you're asking me to make sense of something I absolutely can't make sense of. So mostly I'll just blither until I start to cry. So if anyone's got any sense. I mean, the only the only thing I'm going to throw out here is that I don't know what move Jeff Gordon has in the holster. I, I don't know if the Rangers are actively scouting Montreal because they're looking at a guy like Galchenyuk, who I would 100% take a flyer on. Um, I don't know if the Rangers are looking for a guy like Shaw, which is, I guess, something that we could all just see happening. Um, I, I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm far happier today knowing that a guy like Kreider is off the table because I could really see a Kreider for Shaw trade. That would just be the worst thing ever. Um, I, I just... I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think a trade is out there that's going to make the Rangers all that much better this year. I, I, and I'm. I am somebody who believes that this roster is good enough to, at the very least, con, contend and, and be pretty good playoff teams. Maybe not a Stanley Cup team, but a pretty good playoff team. And something I think Mika brought up when we were discussing some of this in the uh, in our like Blue Sharp Banter chat. I don't think there is a trade that the Rangers can make right now that won't hurt them someplace else. Uh, say you trade Shea for a number one center. Well, you're losing a big part of the defense. Say you trade Kreider or Miller for something. You're losing them on the wing. Uh, there is no easy solution right now for the Rangers. And that is part of the reason why if you're going to go down this road, you have to make sure that you're making the right decisions. But the only way that you can do that is to know where your team stands. And if the Rangers are not going to be this, we're going to contend no matter what happens team, which I think at this point makes the most sense, logically, get a new coach, get a new message into the locker room, let people know that it's okay to be creative, let young kids know they're not going to sit on the bench if they make a mistake, and change the culture of this locker room. Get a new message in there. But I, I don't 
I, I don't know until the Rangers know what they are, we're not going to know what they are. And right now this hangs on Jeff Gordon's head because he's the one who's keeping Vigneault there. If Vigneault is a dead man walking and he knows it, if, if Larry Brooks makes a point that if Vigneault's life was really being decided on the Vegas game, he was, he's a goner anyway, even if everybody hasn't made the decision yet. And I do think that's where we are right now. You know, uh, we, we're in no man's land. We're, we as fans and as people who are trying to analyze this team and, figure all this stuff out. We are as confused as I'm sure everybody else is watching this. So, yeah. But I do want to, I kind of want to take this, this podcast to a happier level. The Rangers really brought it for their Halloween costumes this year. I mean, really brought it. Um, I have a personal favorite. I'm not sure if, if any of you do, but my God, they were just, there was a lot of really good things going on. Mike, uh, I know, all right, let's see. Mike posted the thread. My, I'll just, just tell you my favorite, my favorite. <laughs> well, I have two favorites. Lundquist as the Ikea bag is amazing. I don't think there's, I don't even know what to say about that. Bushnevich as a mobster is pretty cool, but Shay, Kreider, and Hayes all dressed up as like Raptors. You know, those like, or maybe was it VC? I don't know. Yeah, I, think they're I think they're T-Rexes. It was Shea yeah. and, and Hayes. Are they T-Rexes? I think so. Yeah. They got little I mean, arms. Oh, so do raptors. They got so. little arms, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so do raptors. And now nah, whatever. Anyway, they were amazing. Oh, there's four of them. It must be VC, Shea, Kreider, and Hayes. But those are, those are my favorites. Um, Mike, what are your favorites? My favorite is, is Hank. I do appreciate Zipinajad and I think his girlfriend with the Toon Squad basketball jerseys from Space Jam. That's pretty amazing. I don't even know what the hell Mark Stahl is, but I like it. He's got, like, shorts. I think he's a police officer, but he's got long blonde hair. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, <laughs> someone dressed up like a pharaoh, and I'm not sure who that is, but there's a lot. There's a lot going on there, and I told myself when I saw this, I was like, "Well, at least someone's having fun." <laughs> like, with because what with with what would Beth said earlier is the whole, you know, imagine what it's like to be in that locker room, just looking around, like, "Yeah, maybe one of my best buddies is about to get traded here, or maybe the coach is going to be gone tomorrow." And I like the idea of, oh, well, um, you know, they're still able to have fun and relax and do this stuff. It's, it's definitely the sort of stuff you want to see, or at least I want to see, because it's, it gives you the impression, well, at least, you know, they're still, they're not completely crushed by this, you know, it's because I, I would have to imagine on the whole, especially the guys that have been around the team for a while, like Hank and everyone just, you know, how do you, how do you move forward with like, Oh yeah, we're, you know, we're four, seven and two and all that. But uh, it's great to see this. It's great to see them having fun. I don't know. Beth, who's your favorite? Oh, I, I love those T-Rex costumes so much. I just, every yeah, time they, I see them, they I give me my joy. head off. And just the idea that I, I'm just so pleased that they decided to do something. So just plain silly. Um, 
and probably had a great time running around doing it and not being recognized too. I mean, they're probably got to be the four biggest T-Rexes running around New York last night, unless they were basketball <laughs> players. Um, so there's that. And I mean, that, that, the Ikea bag is just so great. Cause it's just so out of nowhere, you know, like yeah, it's, it's just wonderful. so silly. It's something that like, uh, you know, a parent would come up with for like their seven year old. And Hank yeah, is like just a last minute. Like yeah. He does everything else. I don't want to spend and money I mean, on my costume. I have an IKEA bag. But it's perfect Henry because he's Swedish. He's wearing yellow tights. It's it. I don't. It's just amazing. The face he's making. Everything about that photo is amazing. Just the yellow. He has a, a literal IKEA bag that he's really wearing like a diaper. I don't. I, and it has like he's using the bag strap as a suspender. It, it's it's perfect. It really is. He seems to be drinking a beer too, and I'm really does, hoping it's not a Budweiser. Although I'm, I'm going to say, the beer is at such an angle that it could be, it could totally be the uh, whoever is dressed up as the wolf. No, but look, behind, we see a hand. Oh no, you're right. Okay, that's so what that, you mean. The, the if you're looking, if you happen to be looking at the picture we're looking at, Stephen Camper is Princess Leia. Hank is on the right. The girl stormtrooper is Shattenkirk's wife. And behind them is the wolf from Little Red Robin Hood. Or Little Red Robin Hood, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I like Little Red Robin Hood. Yeah, Little Red Robin Hood is, is an <laughs> that's interesting. That's my costume for next year. That's little, well, that's, yeah, that's exactly what we'll have to do. Uh, it looks like it's the wolf's. Because Hank is, I don't know, Hank looks like he's dancing like Elaine in Seinfeld, where she's like kicking her hands yeah. back. So yeah, big kick. yeah, there's just there's so much, and I agree with you, Mike. I don't, I have never been like the people who got upset at Zavanajad for doing his mixtapes over the summer. I've never been one like, oh, we're losing, we need to, we have to burn the place down. We'll never, ever, ever like be happy and funny. And you, I don't, oh god, you don't want, yeah, you don't want a it's locker room. It's the Suban. It, yeah, it's a Subin getting chased out of Montreal yes, thing. Yes, you, you absolutely do not want a locker room like that. And by the way, I, he I have to He has too say, much personality and fun. Terrible. Subban had the greatest video. He who dressed up. Bonino and his wife or fiance dressed up as fans for the Predators Halloween costume party and went and tried to get autographs from all of their teammates. And like Ryan Ellis <laughs> didn't sign for them, and Subban's like, "Oh, I didn't sign for you." Some of them did, some of them didn't. It's amazing. It's watch it. Go to Subban's Twitter feed and watch it. It is it, absolutely spectacular. It really is. Um, <laughs> I like the creativity behind it. I mean, and I think about this too. Like, oh, I'll never come up with a Halloween costume like that. But if I was, uh, you know, if I was a millionaire, right? And I was playing hockey for a living. I could easily spend the money on a costume to look awesome. I mean, these guys have all the time in the world to come up with this stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I was absolutely thrilled. I thought the Rangers came out in force. It was, it really was, it was absolutely wonderful. It was, this is, this whole thing was great. Devanajad was who the guy from, uh, was he, let's see. Was he the guy from uh, Why Can't I Be Space Jam? He was, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the Toon Squad. The Toon yeah, Squad the Toon played squad. the Monstars, Joe. Buchnevich had a little fake AK-47 or Tommy gun here. Good for him. He 
he Grabner, was happy. I think Grabner was the werewolf, which is I very mean, yeah, cool. I think if you see the overall photo that we're talking about that has like all of them in it, you will never be able to unsee Mark Stahl in his, I don't know what he is, like a police officer with super I long just, hair. I don't know. You'll never be able yeah, to unsee it. I don't it, know what ever. the joke is. You will never it's be able to unsee great. it. Um, yeah, that's a hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> Go look it up. It's awesome. Um, I have a question. All right. I have an answer. All right, now that we're oh, all good. happy, I thought I would get us. I thought I would get us depressed again. Um, so the next four games, the Rangers are on the road in, on Tampa to, in Tampa tomorrow, and then against the Panthers on Saturday, and then they're at home against Columbus in Boston. And those are probably the four shows we're going to do before the next podcast. How many of these games do the Rangers win? And after these next four games, is Vino still our coach? You said you have an answer, Joe. Make with the words. I yep. do have an answer, you rat bastard. You can't um, even make with that word. <laughs> I, I, at this point, I'm refusing to speculate on Vigneault's future because I honestly don't know. I'm shocked that yeah, he survived right. to this. I, I'm shocked that he survived to this point. Seriously, I'm I'm shocked because. If what Brooks said was true, there's absolutely like what happened against Vegas does not it, it couldn't possibly save him. It wasn't that was not an, a good effort from the Rangers. That was just something. Um, so I don't. The thing is, if you're going, I'm now going on a tangent, Mike. I'm not really going to answer your question, but I, I remember good. something that That's I, I kind of needed to say. <laughs> If if the Rangers were actually serious about firing Vigneault, that would mean, and I wrote a story about this that's going to run tomorrow, that would mean that the New York Rangers have a coach in mind to replace him already. And if it's an internal replacement like Ruff or Scott O'Neill, fine. But if it's an outside-the-organization person, which it should be, he needs to have some type of a handshake agreement, and I'm vigorously shaking my hand out right now to nothing. He needs to have a handshake agreement with somebody. Otherwise, you can't just fire Vigneault and then start the coaching search. It doesn't work that way. So I don't, I'm going to say Vigneault is still sort of is still here. And I don't know what are their four games. I bet the Rangers win one or two of them. But I, I, I don't think this is not a good hockey team right now. Like it or not, this is not a good hockey team. And the most infuriating part is they have the talent. There have been times where the Rangers have looked perfect. They've just, the power play clicks, the, the defense is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Hank is Hank. Zibanejad uh, literally took the game over in the third period. I, I've, it's very rare that you see a player do something like that for the Rangers these days. He put the team on his back and took the game over. Him, Buchnevich, and Kreider. And if that line gets broken up again, somebody needs they just need to smack (laughs) him in the face. And it's 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 just very it's a frustrating time because I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what has to happen for change to actually come about. And 
you know, the Rangers are right on the Mason-Dixon line, the Elliott Friedman three points out by the end of October rule. They are literally three points out at the end of October, so they avoid all that history. But it still doesn't look great. I don't know. The wins that the Rangers have had, like Mike brought up, have not been all that convincing. So, Mike, I'm going to tell you two wins of the four, and yes, Vigneault will still be the coach. Beth, go. Wait, what? Yeah, go. This is you now. The next four games, how many games will the Rangers win, and will A.V. still be the coach? That's the question. Uh, A.V. will be the coach for the rest of our natural lives, and we will win (laughs) two of the games, but I'm not saying which two. I didn't say which two, so I'll allow it. That's Mike, your answer your own question. Oh, Go. Nope, nope, nope. Wait, wait. Can I, I'm changing. I'm changing. Yeah, you That's can change. He's still the coach for the rest of our natural lives, but don't call me negative. We're only going to win one of the games. Okay. Ooh. My oracleness to me. But but you're like the oracle uh, of calamities. You're not really. You're not like you have to. There has to be some type of calamity. I get it. He's the coach, uh, but your powers are. are more than that. No, I meant about the one. I, I winning two games is too optimistic. And if okay. we only win one of the next four, what the hell kind of record is that? Well, what are they then? It's five, ten, well, that's and, a whole... and two. And at five, ten, and two, you would have to think he's like his seat has to be hot. Whether you believe Dreger that nothing's imminent, or you believe Brooks that he could have been fired against Vegas, his seat has to be hot. There's no way it isn't. But, Mike, answer your own question. Go. Uh, they beat Boston. They lose the first three games. AV still here. Really now? Hmm. <laughs> you know why uh, I say these things? Why? Why? Because the Rangers have conditioned me to be a pessimist. That's why. Yes. That's there. not true. Yes, it is. I, that's, I'm a very happy person, except for when I'm yeah, you're, you're really you're only around never, Joe. <laughs> you're never, uh, you're never negative. Ever, ever. No, that's you hit me. Well, yeah, that's because you're being negative, you son of a bitch. Um, my wife is making as much noise as she possibly can. I think. I'm glad. That's okay. Joe, you're going to be a father in a month. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's she's coming. pregnant. She's allowed to do whatever the hell she wants. It's a coming. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's it's, a fair. It's a fair point. I should kind of send the warning out. I don't know. Whenever the baby's born, I don't. I don't know if we're going to be podcasting that week. So I'm going to tell you, I'm probably not podcasting that week. So we might take a week off. I'd be mad at you if you podcasted that week. Also, I'm going to come up and visit. Maybe podcast. I'll, I'll bring little baby Kaylin on. She could talk or do whatever it is babies do, coo or whatnot. Uh, that's yeah, cute. see, be some nice stuff going on there. Make everybody happy Maybe because Vigneault's going to be coach for the, the rest of our natural lives. See, I like that, Beth. That oh, imagine. That, you know what, Beth? That you almost should... made up for your dust ruffle story. What? <laughs> the, Vigneault being the coach for the rest of our natural lives almost makes up for the, the dust ruffle. Well, I, how dust many more curtain? points what do I need to cancel it out? Wait, Mike, didn't Joe do something that we said was worse than the dust ruffle? He does a lot of things worse than the dust ruffle. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Well, uh, you wouldn't be objective could, about it, would you? 
I w- absolutely would not be objective about it. That's a fair point. As I neither told the dust ruffle story or all the horrible things you've said, I am objective. But you don't and even you're know the, worst the thing that I've said stuff. that you're saying is worse. Because they're traumatic, and I can't they're, remember they're them all. You're friggin' traumatic. That's what you are. Trauma. I still face. I still think your your yet to be born infant daughter should be coaching the team. That's I think the only way forward. There are times that I don't think. Stanley. Yes, we realized today, and I don't know how I'm going to release this to the world, but we have enough doggos in the blue shirt banter team to make a hockey team. I'll make a graphic. Everyone just has to send me a picture. I'll put something together. Stanley is the uh, the number one center. Beth, what is your dog's name, Beth? Joey. Joey. My wife had a Joey. A little chocolate lab. Um, Joey is going to be the power winger. Zuki, that's Shana's dog, is going to be another winger. Tom has two dogs, Bailey and BJ. They're going to be the defensemen. And Adam has Hank. I mean, how do you know? Obviously, he's the goalie. And then uh, Pat has a dog. Um, I don't know... I don't think he said his dog's name, but I think it was a girl, right? She's going to be the coach. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's the Blue Shirt Panther starting goalie or starting hockey team doggo style. Um, all right, Mike, you asked hey, a crazy Joe? question. Yes. Joe, I do have to point something out, though. Go ahead. A raptor is not a dinosaur unless there's a prefix on the word, like velocity. Oh, my God, Beth, I love you so much right now. Wait a minute. Wait a second. There's no, a raptor is a bird. A velociraptor is a dinosaur. Tell him, Beth. Tell him the truth. So, all right. Beth is entirely correct. Shame him in front of everyone. Raptor is a prefix or a a suffix. It's not a dinosaur by itself. For instance. A bald eagle or a red-tailed hawk are raptors because they are predatory birds. All right. Screw all of you. Okay? All of you. Well, that's just one more example of you ruining everything. This is just like the manatee isn't a whale. A manatee will always be a whale. Always. I think we have an actual marine biologist who listens to the show who uh, corrected me publicly (laughs) on Twitter, but I am not going to... uh, Acknowledge that at all. I'm just going to pretend that that did not happen. Anyway, here's my question. And Beth, I'm forcing you to answer this first now because of your goddamn attitude. Do you see the Rangers making a trade to shake things up? Yes. And if so, who? Who? Nash. Ooh, for uh. what? Oh, I can't believe I said that. You did. I don't like myself anymore. That must well, have made you feel dirty and horrible right now. It made me feel horrible. It didn't make me feel dirty. Makes them dirty. Somebody's being arrested right now in the background. (laughs) Um, Mike, who? Grabner. Ooh. See, I'm going to be 100% honest with you right now. If the Rangers trade Grabner first, like in an unload move, my gloating will never cease. Because I I friggin' warned all of you. That this was going to happen. Yeah, I his, told you. His stock is, yeah. I showed you. I told you. The Rangers could have unloaded him at the deadline last night, or last night, last year for a freaking haul. 
the world would have come to an end. That's how big the haul would have been. And they didn't. You probably could have got they they were... two second-round picks for Michael Grabner on the deadline Easily. Last year. They honestly, at the deadline, would have really been totally shocking for them to get a first-round pick for him. Seriously. A late first from a contender? Yeah, I mean, the Penguins not. traded a first-round pick for Reeves, didn't they? Yeah, but that was in the offseason. Yeah, but still, you pay more no, at the I, deadline. I, I appreciate what you're saying, yeah. So, yeah. I, I am uh, not that they shouldn't trade him because again, you, you like you you have like you have to really. You don't have a choice at this point. If you're going to unload, you have to unload. But they are like you missed a big opportunity there, and you cannot, absolutely cannot miss that opportunity with Nash. You don't have a choice. You, you have to do the right thing. If you if you, I would love for Nash to stick around. I think Nash is the perfect example of somebody who the New York Rangers could trade this year and then sign again in the offseason. I really do think that that's a possibility. Talk to him about it. See if he'd be up for something like that. I think at the right price, Nash is, is somebody that I would 100 million percent want on my hockey team. Even now, at a $7.8 million a year, I want him. Suck it, nerds. He has a 12-team trade list. So, you know, he he has a modified no-trade clause. So there 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 is something to be said about this it not being particularly easy, but only contenders would want a guy on his last, you know, a team who's and really looking to make a push. And honestly, let, let me... I am a big Rick Nash guy. I think if, <laughs> if they can get any sort of package for him, I'm like, yep, it's fine. Because it's it just feels like this team with or without him, I think will go much further with him than without him. But I don't think this team is good enough to win the cup. And if that's what this is all about, then he's a very obvious piece to move to get something for him before his 7.8 million contract is done at the on July 1st. And let me just add that. Uh, Nash's no trade clause followed him from Columbus. Um, I don't remember the logistics, but it followed him from Columbus. So that was when he had the really long year, you know, the seven year deal. Um, I think Nash could very easily be talked into playing for a contender. If it came to the point where the Rangers were not contenders and it was at the deadline, and it was, hey, listen, you got to spend a couple of weeks, you know, with a different team. I absolutely think the Rangers could talk to talk him into that. I don't think that would be a difficult thing to do at all. Um, all and right, I think it would make on. sense if you if you bring him back. If you want Rick Nash back, who he's thirty three years old now, and he's as Beth pointed out, it's one of my one of her favorite sayings that we needed on shirts. Rick Nash, the unluckiest fan in hockey. If we bring him back for his age 34 season, what contract do you give him that you can, you know, live with yourself with Like, is, is he, because he's nowhere near $7.8 million now. I mean, we can, we can say all we want about his, you know, how he plays in all three zones and, Look, he's going hard to the net and all that, but he's not worth half of his contract, realistically. 
Yeah, I, I would say anything in the threes I would be absolutely fine with. Yeah, for and what, I would two even years, depend, one year? Well, yeah, depending on how long it is. A two-year deal for, I don't know, three and a half, even $4 million, I wouldn't be totally opposed to. I mean, it, it, some of it does depend on the, the way that it breaks out with Miller and Hayes and, and Shea and Buchnevich and, you know, ultimately these guys that they need to sign. But if you're keeping Nash for a year or two, anything in the threes, to me, is absolutely worthwhile. 100%. Maybe that's just me, but... Okay, neither of you are saying anything, so I'm going to assume it's just me. I was trying to remember what, how old was, how old was Brad Richards when he went to Chicago? Or did he go to Detroit for, no, he went to Chicago first, right? Chicago won the cup and then he went to Detroit. That's right. Um, but was he, he still on his Rangers contract? Like we're, No, they they bought him out, He but he was... I think Richard signed like one. So after Richards got bought out, he got a ton of money from the Rangers and he signed like yeah. a league minimum deal, I think with Chicago. Cause what did he give a shit at that point? He was making yeah. money. He, he signed 2 million, 2 million for one year with Chicago. Yeah. One so I, the I next could, year he signed 3 million for one year with Detroit. I would 100% take Nash back at three and a half million for two years. Easy, easy decision. Don't even think about it. Done. In and out. Mike? Mike? I don't know. I, I I just don't know. I think it's a hard sell. And like you it's it's a very easy thing to say to if it might feel like dodging the question, but a lot hinges on what the hell the Rangers do with Miller and uh Hayes because you have to imagine that Miller's contract is gonna be heavier than anyone wants it to be. And I would imagine the Rangers do play hardball with Hayes if they can, but it's, it's a very, very tough sell to me to say Rick Nash for two, two more years at 4 million that even as someone who appreciates what Nash can do shorthanded, what he does in the five on five game, you'd have to bring him back with the understanding that we're bringing back Rick Nash, not be knowing he's not the 30, 40 goal scorer again. And if that's what you're doing, then you have to say, okay, so what are we bringing him back to be? And in my opinion, that dramatically changes what his average annual value should be. And that average annual value to me is a lot closer to a number like 2.5 or 2.8. But would Rick Nash take that pay cut on the chin? I don't know. It's, It's really tough. You'd have to talk to him. And we know that the Rangers are awful negotiating with pending free agents that they don't have any yeah, plans yeah. of keeping. So. Uh, Haglin, what, I don't care. Whatever. We're no, trading. Yeah, you no, don't no, even I, want to spread a talk extension? I, I literally, I, care, I imagine we want much like, we know what we want. Much like group projects involving me in high school where it's like you and your buddy are just sitting there and it's the day before it's due and you're like, you fucking did the thing, right? And they're like, I thought you were doing it. That's I imagine Gordon is just like, Hey Chris, you talked to Carl about what he wants, right? And he was like, I I didn't do that. They're like, Oh shit, we better trade him right now before anything happens. <laughs> Same thing with the Andal. Like, did you even say anything to him? Nah, I didn't yeah, whatever. I didn't feel the need to, you know. Yeah, we just assumed it wouldn't work out. So we, we didn't do I don't know, this thing called our job. 
was yeah, too much of a hassle. Who cares about jobs? Jobs. Jobs. We had to order another three tons. About? Jobs. We're talking about general managers who don't do their damn job. Oh, well. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. What? what? Whoa. What's happening? It seems like as good a time as any to tell you that this show is sponsored by Patreon. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Panther. If you do that. So nothing's happening? What? No. Nothing. If you do, I want you to try to say try to say Patreon backwards and then read read the Patreon thing. Snorkap? Why did it start with a nest, Joe? Because <laughs> I'm looking at Patreons. It's really, it's I guess, patrons. patrons. Maybe the fine. word is patrons, not... Nortop? Uh, you thought it was patrons. <laughs> Nortop, then? Nortap. Anywho, go to patreon.com slash blue shirt banter, and if you do that, you can hear your name on the radio, potentially. Mike is... See, you hear Mike laugh. There's nothing better than the laughter of a child. Um, Goodbye, Mike. Anthony Viola, John J. Porter, Alex Gardner, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Daniel DeGen, Dan Ten, Matt Bader, George Littman, Guy from Montana, Andrew Grigo, John Reppy, Stink Fleeman, Trevor Kempner, Dan Carosi, the best guy Arch, in Montana. Arch, Arch Williams, Bob Cowell. We don't know if other people are from Montana, though, so that's dangerous. No, Alexander Thornton, Igor Zetlovsky, Thomas Osa, Chris Baker, Michael Silvers, and, drumroll please, a brand new patron that actually came about today and told me how to say his name, John Alo. Olo? John Olo. He told me I was going to screw up his name, and I think I did. I think it's Olo. John Olo. Olo. I was going to say, like, Olo, like, like, allow. I don't even know what I was going to do. Anyway, Spell it. John Olo. Did a great job huh? with it, though. Great job. I think I did a really – I name. covered all the bases. It's O L O W. O L O W. He Hello. said it's pronounced O hyphen low, so I'm going to say Olo. Olo. It Olo. makes me want to say Aloha. But okay, anywho, I already, I already ruined the podcast. I did that thing where I laughed so hard I couldn't breathe. It's okay. It makes me happy when you laugh. Patreon backwards is yeah. Nortap, and Nortap. patrons backwards is. Snortap. Snortap. You guys are the best Snortaps we've ever had. You guys are the best Snortaps we have ever had. Especially um, you guy from Montana. Looking at well, you. He's, we don't know if he's the only one from Montana, so best. he's definitely he's he's up there. But there could be other people best. from What's Montana. What's the capital of Montana? You don't know. The capital of Montana is uh, Helena, isn't it? I think Apparently she's right. I have to look up. Yeah. Beth wins. Joe's, Joe loses. Might come somewhere in the middle. Which are you <laughs> screaming? No screaming. No Not screaming. screaming. It's like, that's like my, uh, I don't really know. It's wailing. I, it's, a, it's a death wailing. So whining? You're keening. If that's I agree. Keening. Y'all's a bunch of bitches. That's what that is. Um, big ups to a former New York Ranger, Brian Boyle, who I believe 
played in his first game or is Hell going yeah. to play in his first game. Yeah, um, the Devils have a after, late game tonight. He's uh he's coming back. I think tonight, it's tonight is his first game games after. Yeah, after leukemia diagnosis. So go get um, it, Boyle. Yeah, really good. We're rooting for you, even though you're on the Devils. Seriously. Um, there is a mural. Like There's a, de- a Boiler mural in the city. It's awesome. Boiler is the man. The man. All right, he was a fan favorite in the podcast. Good guy. Final question before okay. we end the podcast. Okay. Trying to talk from the heart over here, but whatever. How Piece many goals does Dan Girardi score against the Rangers tomorrow? Why would you summon that evil? What's wrong? I'm just asking. Because this is we know this is Lindbergh scored. Stepan didn't score, but oh. he, he could have. It was a very emotional night. I miss you, Derek. I just want you to know that. Um, how many goals does Girardi score tomorrow? Because he's at least scoring one so that we can get the whole portion of the fan base that's already no, started to come not. out like, oh, are you happy that the Rangers bought out Girardi? I am. Yes. Thank you. Next question. <laughs> he doesn't score any goals. You can't. You know you're a goddamn party pooper. That's what you are. Beth? Maybe you're the he'll Oracle score Calamity, one for the Rangers. Does that count? Huh? <laughs> Maybe he'll score one for the Rangers. It'll, like, you know, deflect off I him will more. One million percent allow that answer. Mike, you have lost again because you didn't answer the question. That's fine. Um, all right. Well, like that's, this is. This has gone too far. What else is new? Far. Far too far. All right. Love you all. Beth. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Be good to each other. I Beth like you a, a lot. Well, we, I said I said I love you saying like. There's a lot of... Calling you uh, a whale. That's like... That's like when you're in high school and you tell a girl you have feelings for her and she's like, you're a pretty good friend. And you cry. <laughs> See, that's you, the best part. You is take I never it, even summoned the courage of I, The last girl I asked out in high school, it was my senior year, said yes and then never returned any of my phone calls. Interesting. So I have that going for me. Um, yeah, All you're right. gonna be real surprised when she finally calls you and she finds out you're married and you're about to have a baby. <laughs> Maybe she's listening to the podcast like, wow. right now, and it'll just it'll all turn into you blew it. You did Joe blow it. I am popular a Ranger slogger in the state you're of right. Connecticut. So I'll I will share this with all of you because this is not going to surprise any of you. Um. Wasn't the coolest kid in the question. world in high school. Didn't have a, a ton of friends, but my younger sisters were very, very popular. And I'm going to tell you that I, we moved to the school district when I was in the sixth grade, so I was at a disadvantage, but that's really not true. I was kind of a weird uh, kid. You're the, um, you're the new kid. So, and you anywho, funny. all of Jessica's friends, my sister, thought that I was a really like, weird and a big loser, and now she's getting married. She just got engaged. Um, I'm going to weaponize my child to show everybody this nice normal life that I have now. None of you bitches believe me, but here I am. Hold my child. All right, give her back. You can't touch her. 
that's a healthy reason to create life, Joe. That's good. Well, that's not the Very reason much why so. I did and it. And you know they've been like, thinking about what a dork you were this entire time, every second of every day. It, it is just one of the benefits. That's all. Maybe she'll be in a nice little Rangers outfit. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know. She can't wear a Rangers outfit to the wedding. Oh, I know what you do. As a huge middle finger, make the baby wear white because you can't wear white so to the wedding. My sister wants the baby in white. Um, oh, then which don't, Beth, I guess baby you in can, black. You can speak to this. Like only the woman yeah. could wear white at her wedding, but I guess in the flower girls seem to get a like exemption from this rule. Oh no, the flower girls can't. Yeah, you don't want anyone to get confused about who the bride is. Nobody is going to confuse point. your baby for the bride. Well, That's why it's tacky also... if women, adult women attending the wedding wear white. My baby well, how, is not... how small is your sister? Is she baby size? Yeah, <laughs> she's not. I was just saying, she is not baby size. My baby's not even going to be able to walk down the aisle. She's going to have to be carried by my wife. So, um... Well, with, if you don't let her dream and reach expectations, she won't be able to walk by then. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know what? Wedding? She will be five months old at the wedding. Yeah, she won't be she, walking. She'll be able to walk. No, she'll if be she's driving. Yeah. Then I think it's going to be a pretty big failure. So, you know, I think that's a reasonable expectation. So you might want to get a book or something. It's just an idea. You, you, you know what? You've been around for five months. You should have something to say. You know, you've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of boobs. Be an amazing father. Well, hopefully one set of boobs, but yeah, a lot of those boobs once. <laughs> Unless like random midwives just come and breastfeed children, which I, I don't think I'm prepared for. Wet nurses, they were called, Joe. I said a wet nurse. Okay, I need to log off. You said midwives. No oh, wet nurses. So every time, every time correct, we talk about breast milk, you get really weird about it. My, uh, somebody, one of my clients, his wife recently had a baby and, uh, they did a home birth. Like she was just downstairs watching TV and she stood up and was like, oh, I'm going to have the baby now. And they have a midwife. That's what they called her, a midwife. So, yeah. Well, if it's delivering the baby, it is a midwife. If it's nursing the baby, it's a wet nurse. Can a midwife be a wet nurse as well? Well, there's no reason why not, but. First of all, there are no wet nurses anymore. Nobody's a wet nurse. I don't think that's true. There are lactation. Well, Mad Max Fury Road. Although I'm, I'm going to say, Beth, Mike and I should 100% defer to you on this one because I feel like I would have no well, idea. I don't know any reason that. Consultant, and you guys said Mad Max Fury Road. Is that a thing that just yeah, happened that. in this conversation? Who said Mad I Max? Said that. So the Mike podcast did. is completely off the rails at this point now. It is, yeah. Because I'm well, talking about real life, and Mark, Mike's talking about who I just called Mark is talking about <laughs> utopias. <laughs> and Listen, there's, a, there's utopias out there. I'll tell you that right now. All right, dystopia, that's enough of this. Dystopia. Dystopia. Oh, dystopia. Joe, utopia is good. Dystopia bad. <laughs> Uh, Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Banter. Twitter.com slash Blue Shirt Banter. Twitter.com slash Beth Macklin. Twitter.com slash Dig Deep BSB. Everyone follow Beth. Don't follow me. Stop following Beth me. Is a whale. If you have questions about wet nurses, ask Mike. Beth is a whale. Mike is a midwife. I'll take it.
I haven't ended the podcast yet. I should do that now. Good night.